Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. Guys, and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by independent wrestling's Matt Turner. Matt, how are you, good sir? Rob Goon, I am fantastic as always. Today was a long day, but it was a very productive day, and it was a good day because bad days don't exist. But what a better way to unwind my day than talk to you, sir. One of my favorite people in the world to talk to. And, of course, one of my favorite subjects that we're going to be talking about today. And that would be the professional wrestling company that is Stardom. I'm assuming that's why we're on the Discord today is we're here to talk about Stardom, correct? You would assume so, as we are a (laughs) Stardom-centric podcast. Um, It's a company that toys with us. Um, Someone on Twitter pointed out that, um, obviously, we're in the midst of the Triangle Derby at the moment. Um, And we'll be talking about the shows in uh, Corrigan Hall, Nagoya, and in... um, Aichi, where uh, the Tam Nakano road, the Tam Road show, should I say. Um, but someone did point out on Twitter that Stardom is the only company that can have a streaming service but have two shows that are live everywhere else that you can watch but not on the streaming service that you pay for. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because Nagoya was on pay-per-view and um, the 70th anniversary show was on YouTube. But none of them went up on Stardom World until I think Nagoya went up yesterday as we're recording. It's Thursday the 12th. And um, the 70th anniversary show didn't go up till this morning. So, uh, yeah, four-day layover was quite interesting. The Anjo show. So Unbelievable. Yeah, I just saw the, uh, Tam, I guess the Tam Tribute show, whatever, just went up today. And I'm like, that's weird because literally Monday morning I woke up and I was kind of scrolling through Twitter. And they're like, yeah, live... Uh, live feed of this show is on youtube and i'm like i literally text you and i was like of course they can do it they have the technology not only do they have the technology to give us live shows every fourth show doesn't need to be a pay-per-view does it what do i know oh my god yes we will talk to that we will talk about that when we get to nagoya because i think it's bad enough that we have you know 535 pay-per-views a year um uh, i might be exaggerating slightly um, but to then suddenly spring one on us with little to no advertising whatsoever, because at no point up until, what, two days before the Nagoya show was it announced that it was going to be a pay-per-view. Um, but do you know what? It doesn't matter, because for all of those querisome things, 
that Stardom will occasionally throw up. They then deliver shows like Supreme Fight in Osaka, which we are going to be talking about because they announced the full card for that um, the other day through the press conference. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We've got lots of bits of news to talk about as well. And obviously, as I've said, we're going to talk the continuation of the inaugural Triangle Derby. But Matt, before we do anything good, sir, what on earth is happening with the Patreon this week? On Patreon, literally minutes before I uh, we came on to record the Hanan Future of Stardom Championship title round for the white and red belt tier is up on the Patreon. So I hope you all enjoyed it. I have a had a fantastic time wa- going back and watching those matches and then uh, doing the show as well. And then at the end of the month, Starlight Kid, uh, um, excuse me, High Speed Championship reign that'll be up at the end of January. Um, as far as the red belt tier Patreon, the alternate commentary just this past Monday, Rob and I did alternate commentary to um, Utami and uh, Mayu um, for the World of Stardom Championship back in 2020. And then this week coming up, we have uh, Azumi defending the high speed championship against uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know how I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it in confidence. Koyanomo. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, absolutely. Did I get it? Uh, so that. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> uh, whatever. Roundup. Uh, so that'll <laughs> be up on. Uh, and we'll have to talk off air when uh, when it's convenient for both of us to record that. But that'll be up on Monday um, at, for the Red Belt tier Patreons. And then next week will be um, to end the month will be Julia defending the World of Stardom Championship against Tam Nakano at All-Star J- uh, Dream Cinderella, the hair versus hair match. So that's what we have coming up on the alternate commentary. Now, Rob, would you like to know what we were going to be doing in February, good sir? I would love nothing more, Matt, than to know what we are doing over February. Well, let's talk about the future. And you're in luck, buddy, because I just filled the DeLorean up with plutonium. And when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, Rob Goodwin, you're going to see some serious shit. Uh, if you do not get that reference, please DM me right away because we we will be talking about some Back to the Future then. <laughs> so let's get, let's get into the DeLorean. Here's what's going to happen in February. February will be Rivalry Month. I will be putting up the poll on my Twitter probably in about a week or so and if you don't want to vote on the uh on the twitter page you can always dm me or send me an email on the stardom cast uh 22 at gmail.com so what you're going to be able to vote on is these are the four rivalries that i've settled i've settled on azumi versus starlight kid mayu iwatani versus momo watanabe shuri versus utami hayashista and io shirai versus kairi hojo so when that poll goes on the patreon whatever two win whatever the two gets the most amount of votes like we always do i'll be going watching every single one of the singles matches between those uh four rivalries and then um that's what basically we'll be doing for the bi-weekly podcast is i'll be going through them giving my star rating and then reviewing them so uh again look for that probably in the next week or so so then what we're going to be doing for the alternate commentary good sir is we're going to be doing one match from each of those rivalries again azumi starlight kid sherry utami io Kyrie, and mayu versus momo now i've already done one of i did we did azumi starlight kid from uh, uh cinderella journey 2022 we did sherry versus utami which i believe was the first alternate commentary watch along from um the five and a half star match 
from a Cinderella tournament final in 2021 and Mayu defending the World of Stardom Championship against Momo Watanabe from the ninth anniversary show. However, if you, Mr. Rob Goodwin, would like to go back and do those matches, and more importantly, uh, not that you're not important, but more importantly, if the <laughs> friends and family of the Stardom cast would say, you know what, I really liked it when Matt did Mayu versus Momo, but I would really like to hear Matt and Rob do it together, then absolutely, then that's what we'll do. Now, again, we're going to we're gonna pick one match from each of those rivalries. So you're probably wondering, who on earth is going to be tasked with picking one of each of those matches? Well, Rob, I enlisted a person that I think is more than qualified. You know what? I can't even say I enlisted this person because I didn't even ask them yet. So the person that I'm going to ask to pick one of each of those matches is he's an author. He's an author of the book. You may have read it. <laughs> Living the dream stardom's 10th anniversary in review. Mr. <laughs> Rob Goodwin, I'm going to ask you live on air. I'm putting all the pressure here. Oh, will you, will you, uh, do you accept this task, sir? Will you be the one to pick one of each of those matches? Of course, I'd be happy to G- genuinely. And I know people think <laughs> that we set these segues up to plug my book. Even to the point where you said he's an author, I didn't realize you were talking about me. <laughs> My God, I do it all the time. <laughs> I was like, who the hell does he know that's an author? <laughs> but yes, My I'd aunt's be more than happy too, man. <laughs> My aunt's an author, but she's been writing romance novels, so I don't think she's going to watch Sherry versus Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Uh, hey, if you guys want it, we'll do it. Yeah, so obviously, um, you when you get a chance, you just uh, pick what matches you want. And again, if it's matches that I've I've done, I've covered, if you want to do them, I got no problem going back and redo them. And then you pick whatever order uh, you want to do them. If you want to do Sherry versus Tommy first, second, third, fourth, whatever, that's completely up to you, my friend. Um, so that's what we have going on, the Patreon for the end of January and all of February. And again, I mentioned last week and uh, all this week on Twitter that as this show continues to grow, we're going to be pumping out more and more bonus content. For example, when I said once we get to 50 Patreon members, we're going to be doing the alternate commentary to Julia versus Sherry for the World of Stardom Championship from uh, just this past Dream Queendom just about a few weeks ago. And also I will go and do the Sherry World of Stardom Championship run, and that will be released on the high speed tier, the uh, the white belt tier and the red belt tier. So the more this show grows then you're just going to be getting constantly more and more bonus content. And Robin, uh, Rob and I even discussed that we're even going to expand the boundaries past stardom. And we're going to go into the, my favorite era of wrestling, the all Japan Kings road era. So uh, there's a possibility, there's a very good possibility that you'll be looking on your Patreon feed and you'll see some Masawa versus Talwe and some Holy demon army stuff, just because it's, that stuff's no, they, nobody's ever done English commentary on it. Who better than us, Mr. Rob Goodwin? Who better than us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to hear more of me and Matt? Um... Absolutely, sir. Yes, I know. And then uh, one last thing. Also, again, uh, what we're doing to we're doing it. We're doing so much to expand the podcast and build upon our phenomenal uh, 2022. So what we're doing is we want to do more interviews. Um, so I have emailed and messaged 
so many people. And I think I even, Robbie even said, if we get 10% of the people that you've had messaged, like this will be a game changer <laughs> for the podcast. And I'm just being super aggressive with it. So what we're doing when we do these interviews, the, uh, the video, excuse me, the audio will be released to everybody on the free feed, the audio that'll go up on the Patreon as well. And we do have our first interview uh, lockdown for this year, the end of February, we're going to be interviewing women's wrestling uh, pioneer over here in America, one Allison Danger. Uh, Allison Danger was a very big uh, influence on the IWA Mid-South uh, and Ring of Honor, uh, what she did with the women's division. She helped build the Shimmer promotion and was also a coach slash agent in NXT. And I know she was there when Io Shirai was there, and I'm pretty sure she was there aging matches when Kyrie was there. We'll have to ask her when we're interviewing her next month. So literally, it might just be an hour of me, me asking her Io Shirai questions. So, and it might be the closest we get to interviewing Io Shirai. So uh, I'm <laughs> super, super excited for it. Uh, yeah. So same as when we uh, when we were lucky enough to interview Kevin Kelly. Send your questions over. We'll put a Twitter thread up uh, a little bit close to the time. But to our patrons, just leave them on the uh, Patreon page. And again, our lovely beautiful discord people just leave them in the discord as well again i'll leave some sort of thread there as well um before we head into the litany of shows we've got to talk about um let's delve headlong into some news and we're better to start than with the announcement of supreme fight 2023 in Osaka. The full card was announced earlier this week, so I'll go through the announced matches and we can talk a little bit about uh, how this is already shaping up to be a a show of the year contender. So we have a triangle derby block match between the unique glare team of Ruwaka, Harukuma Saki and Starlight Kid and then classmates Hazuki, Starlight Kid and Kogama. There's then the Naniwa Roulette Singles Tournament, and I'll go through that in a little bit more detail once I've gone through the rest of the card, because it takes a little bit of explaining. Um, we have got a six-woman tag, which sees the return of Konami. We have got God's Eye, Konami, Siori, and Amisori versus the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Haishishta, Azumi, and Lady C. Uh, we've got special singles match, which was set up at Corican Hall. Uh, so we'll be talking about the build-up to this in a moment between Mirai and Jahira Hashimoto. Um, we have then got the tag titles, the Goddess of Stardom tag belts. They are on the line between uh, Seven Up the Champions and My Himi. Um, and then our two, sem- our two, let's call it a double main event. I think that's fair. Um, with Sayakamatani looking to break Momo Watanabe's defense record with the white belt against none other than Momo Watanabe. I mean, it had to be done and stardom listened. And then if there was any way of topping that, it's with this red belt match, Julia in her first defense of the World of Stardom Championship against rival frenemy Suzu Suzuki. What a card, Matt. Before I get your thoughts on that, I just want to quickly go through what the Naniwa Roulette Singles Tournament is. So... Basically, it's a series of single matches that have a five-minute time limit. Um, You can win the match via pinfall, submission, or over the top rope to the floor. If there's a draw, both wrestlers are eliminated and we get two new wrestlers. The winner at the end of this has the right to challenge for a belt. So, in effect, this is like a condensed 
mini version of a Cinderella tournament mixed with a gauntlet match is how I'm seeing it. Um, at the moment, announced for that are uh, Momokogo, Natsupoi, Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, Miyawama Saki, Mayu Iwatani, Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, uh, Mariah May, uh, Tekla, Mei Sakurai, Yuna Mizumori, and Waka Tsukiyama. Um, it's an exciting concept, actually, Matt. Rather than just throwing all of the unused talent in a rumble, this is a far better use of those people and far more exciting as well. Yeah, a thousand percent because the winner gets a title shot. And again, we don't know what title they're going to go for. I'm kind of just obviously we'll go as the date gets closer. We'll get into a full preview. But to me, it looks like there's going to be just one of four winners, either Tam and not and or not support to go after back after the goddess. Uh, maybe that's how they get their title shot uh, back against uh, seven up because I strongly believe they're going to be the ones to beat seven up for the tag belts. I think Mina is the clear favorite for everyone to kind of just give her a little bit more steam going into her match with Sayakamatani, or maybe even um, it's Mayu. Maybe this time I saw Mayu gets her title shot uh, against Julia, maybe at a big pay-per-view somewhere in March, as we kind of get to the stepping stones uh, before we get to the uh, Yokohama arena show. And of course, anytime Mayu is in a match where she can have a title shot, doesn't matter what title shot it is. I know that uh, you'll back me up when I'll say two thumbs up. I'm all for it. Give Mayu any title shot. Whereas the wet red belt, the white belt, uh, the future stardom belt. We, we don't care. It's Mayu. <laughs> I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. My immediate thought was Mayu's winning this. Um, my only thought was with it being um, a title shot, like it, it's phrased that the title shot is imminent, so they're the next in line. Um, and my thoughts regarding Mina are, and I made them clear last week, that I think Mina's going to win the Cinderella um, and then challenge um, Saya Kamatani for the white belt at All-Star Grand Cinderella. Um, I would love to see um, someone completely left field win this. Like, yes, I'd love to see Mayu have a another championship opportunity but Mayu is in that sort of stage in her career where she walks out and challenges and no one questions it so does she need a route like this why not give this to someone like a Tekla or a Saki Kashima give them a bit of the spotlight because I don't know how many pay-per-view stardom are going to run between Supreme Fight and All-Star Grand Cinderella because obviously you've got the Cinderella tournament as well I can only assume it's going to be about 46 but um not even that many days. It would not surprise me. They do day and night shows in Osaka all the time. Um, I would, you know, even Natsupoi, it would be a great shout for Natsupoi to win this. Someone, I would love to see someone out there. It wouldn't surprise me actually to see someone like a May Sakurai win this, especially if she comes out last and just has to beat one person. Um, Obviously, we still... I was going to ask you about this, actually. There's still been no word on the still-vacant SWA belt. Um, and obviously, this pay-per-view is taking place at the start of February, I believe the 4th of February in uh, in the Edian Arena. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that belt. Maybe that could have been the prize for this match. I I don't know what they are going to do with that belt, Matt. Um, I was going to ask you about this on perhaps a less rammed podcast we'll uh we'll de- deep dive into our into our theories as to what's going on with the SWA belt but if if you had your heart's desire and obviously taking Tam completely out of the running who would you like to win this we'll obviously do a preview but who would you like to win this 
to win the rumble. Um, again, Amina, I see, I totally see your point of view because I think Amina wins this. She's going to get a title shopper for Yokohama, and I mm-hmm. think that's where it's going to be. And obviously, you know, we can we'll go into the Cinderella preview as we get closer. It's considering the fact that the winner of the Cinderella is probably going to challenge for the title at Yokohama. This can yeah. possibly be the biggest Cinderella tournament, the most important Cinderella tournament of all time, considering the fact that Shonen Yokohama is going to be probably the most attended and the most watched of all time. So I can see them doing Mina there. Or again, I, I'm I'm going to say right now, I think Mina's going to win it. She's going to lose to Sayakamatani sometime in March. And I just, I really think, uh, maybe I'm betting here at my heart, not my head, but I really think Hazuki is going to win the Cinderella tournament and we're going to get Hazuki and Yokohama. I think that's... That's just my guess. But again, we we shall see, sir. We shall see. I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Karen, and Karen sort of sounds star-like kid, I believe. So any of those three matches at Yokohama are going to be belters. We're not going to be disappointed with any of those three matches. But again, I do like what Stardom has done here as opposed to just doing the default, you know, let's throw everyone in a rumble and have, you know, all of the strong stardom machines meld together like some sort of Power Ranger Transformer. Um, moving on from that, now this show is not only going to be special because it is a stacked card, um, it's also going to be special because we're going to have cheering back. We're going to have cheering back for the first time since before the pandemic. Now, the last time there was cheering at a stardom event was the Waiter Major League, which was February 2022. For a little bit of context, since I've been doing the podcast, there have been two shows where there's been cheering. We are now on episode 101 as you are listening. And this is the first show since February 2020 when me and Chris first started the podcast where there's actually been cheering. Now that genuinely makes me a little bit emotional. And to actually have, you know, a cheering crowd and to hear the wrestlers' names. And it's going to be really, really cool as well to see the wrestlers react to that as well. We saw Will Ospreay reacting. I think he was the most, the mo- gave the most obvious reaction at Wrestle Kingdom 17 to uh, to the fans being able to cheer. And I think we're going to see a lot of reaction. We saw Mayu actually at Rumble on 44th Street, Matt, just properly, to, you know, almost like she'd forgotten what it was like to have people chant her name. So I think even if this card wasn't as stacked as it was, I would be incredibly excited for this show. Yeah, it's an added bonus. And I know you kind of were scratching your head a little bit um, why Susan Suzuki was getting the first title shot. Not that she doesn't earn it. It's not going to be a great match, but you would have figured, and I saw your point, you figured they maybe would have saved that for title defense four or five. But now I think this is kind of a reason why. If you're going to have a main event, your first, uh, Julia's first title defense, which I think is going to be I just don't see any way this is going to be an A++++, you know, legendary defense coming from Julian. I think she's going to do a great job taking the stardom company to even higher heights. I think this is a good way to do it. You know, they're, if it's anything like their five-star match, you know, it's going to be an absolute banger. But now we're going to have cheering crowds. So I think that's probably the reason why. I think they knew that this was going to be a cheering crowd. We'll, we'll announce the match and then we'll announce the cheering crowd. So I think that that might be, I don't know if that clears things up a little bit more for you or gives you, you know, more of a thumbs up. Um, but I think that's might've been the reason why they, 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 they went with Suzu and Julia uh, for this. Cause, cause now we have the cheering crowd. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me that to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I will be brutally honest. They could have thrown 
um, Julia versus Fukuken Death in the main event. And I think with the first cheering crowd since 2020, I think people still would have got remarkably into it. But either way, this is incredibly exciting and I'm I'm buzzing for it now. Plus, I found out the pay-per-views on a Saturday, so I can actually watch it live. Um, so that's going to be nice. Um, moving on a little bit then from... Um, real quick, real quick, Rob. I just want to ask you one question. If you don't have the answer, that's fine. Mind. Do you do you know roughly, and I don't put you on the spot, and again, if you don't have the answer, no big deal, what uh, this building holds roughly attendance-wise? Uh, the Eddie and Arena looking at um, about 6,000, I think. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they'll probably do probably... 3,000, 3,500 would be my guess probably for this. I think they'll they'll get pretty close to it. Not 6,000, but I think they'll probably do about 3,000. That's I was just curious. Well, if you look at Stardom's... I mean, we talked about last week, we talked about um, the Triangle Derby, the first show on the Triangle Derby. It was a face... Well, it wasn't even effectively. It was just six woman tags. There was no tile matches on the line. They drew the biggest number they've ever drawn in the Yokohama Budokan. Um, Osaka, they usually draw very well. Um, it's a cheering crowd... And it is a stacked card. This is a card where you look at it and there's not a bad match on it. Like, there's no match there that you think, right, well, you know, I'm not a huge Rumble guy, so if there's a Rumble on, that'll be when I go and get a cup of tea and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm more, as I'm sure I've, uh, as I'm sure I've, made clear i'm very interested by this in an hour uh, roulette singles match i'm very interested in this marai versus shihiro hashimoto uh match overall like this match this card is stacked really yeah. really really stacked so it wouldn't surprise me i think stardom will be disappointed if they drew under three thousand with this card yeah that's what that's what i was kind of going i was kind of wondering what what it what a, what a seat and i figured nobody knows better than you my man i mean i could be wrong i for some strange <laughs> reason um, obviously, at the moment, I'm writing um, a book on the hun- hundred of the greatest wrestling matches ever, and I've literally just finished um, Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 Climax 28, um, and that was in the Eddie and Arena Osaka, and I think they drew about five and a half thousand people. So, if you take that, I don't think it was full. So, if you take that between five thousand, five hundred, six thousand people. Yeah, Stardom would be disappointed, I think, if they get under 3,000. Um, there you go. Speaking of ticket sales, um, at WrestleTix on Twitter, um, which is a fantastic follow, like the in-depth analysis they do is incredible, um, have released a graphic, or they did do, and this was a couple of days ago, so the chances are it's completely sold out now. Um, but the New Japan Battle in the Valley show, which will be taking place on Saturday, the February 18th at 7pm, San Jose Civic Center. Um, when this was posted, the only match, as far as I was aware, that was announced was Mercedes Monet versus Kyrie. Now, since then... Um, Kenta challenging for the strong openweight championship against, I believe, Fred Rosser um, and AIWGP World Heavyweight Championship match has also been announced for that show. But off the back, basically, of Mercedes Monet, um, there were it set up the arena for a capacity of 2,152. They had sold 2,121 just off the back of this match, meaning there was 31 available tickets left. Yeah, uh, it's pre- I think um, it's pretty well sold out or it's going to. So, yeah, obviously on the back of Tasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, but also, I mean, obviously she's the big drive, but let's let's give some credit where credit's due to our champion, one Kyrie. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this match has, it's captured the imagination. Um 
I think... Dream match. It is a dream match, 100%. I don't think, realistically, any fan of New Japan, or indeed Stardom, ever really thought that they would see a Sasha Banks. You know, we, we've talked about it, and I believe we talked about it on this podcast many moons ago, how, you know, we'd like to see Sasha Banks fighting against the likes of Mayu and stuff like that. But it was very much tongue-in-cheek. We didn't think it was going to happen. Whereas now it's a very, very real thing that is happening. And you can see from, you know, the quickness in which this these tickets have sold out. Like, I took this photo, I did the screenshot off Twitter, I think it was January the 7th or something. So this was three days after a debut, which is just mental. And I know there's been buzz that it was going to happen, but even so, that's that's crazy. Um, that's crazy numbers. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Battle in the Valley a little bit closer to the date. We'll probably talk a little bit after it, uh, after the Supreme Fight Show. Um, final bit of news, and uh, it's just to do with Rin Katakura of Marvelous, who gave sort of came to the ring and announced that she will be leaving Marvelous um, in order to go to Canada with her husband. Um, it was, I don't believe it was explicitly said that she was leaving wrestling, um, but I think it's sort of seen as something of a retirement for now anyway. Um, Marvelous released a statement and said that anytime Ring Kanakura wants to come back, the ring is always open. Um, but massive, massive respect to Rin. Um, she's obviously only just got married um, and to try and make that marriage work over thousands and thousands of miles is incredibly difficult. So I have full respect for her and her decision, and I wish her nothing but happiness. Do I want to see her in a ring again at some point? Yes, of course, from a selfish standpoint, obviously. But, you know, she's got to do what's right for her, and I'm glad she's chosen this path because I think ultimately I think ultimately is the right choice, Matt. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, as much as I love wrestling, I mean, it's, you know, if you heard me on this podcast once, the family is the most important thing and uh, good on her. Uh, you know, uh, nothing but respect for her. The, uh, you know, I'll echo your sentiments. She's fantastic in the ring. Everything that I've seen from her, um, massive respect to her. I think she's terrific in the ring. I hope she does continue to wrestle because there's some promotions in Canada. And obviously Canada's not pending. I don't know. I don't know where in Canada she's going to be stationed at, but there's a lot of places in the States as well. You're not too far away from the States. So, you know, that'd be cool to see her in Katakura on some indies uh, over here in the States and Canada as well. But regardless, she's doing the right thing for her and her family, uh, putting her husband and her marriage first. And, um, you know, nothing but the best and nothing but well wishes to both her and her husband. And, uh, you know, God bless and best of luck. Absolutely. Um, what we're going to do is then, because we've got three shows to go through, um, I'm going to do, I'm going to read the results out and then we'll go through basically any matches we want to talk about. Uh, we've done this format many, many times before. So we'll start with the Triangle Derby 1 at night 2 from Corrigan Hall uh, on Friday, the 6th of January 2023. A slightly lower attendance of 821 people for this show. Um, the card and results are as follows. Match 1, singles match. Rina Amakura defeated Waka Tsukiyama with the double Amin Buster in 5 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, match two, so a tag team match, the Neo Stardom 
army of Yuna Mizumori and you defeating Micah and Lady C in 9 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, match three was the first triangle derby block match of the night with classmates uh, moving to two points, defeating H&M's uh, with Hazuki getting the submission victory over Momo Koga with the wing clutch in nine minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, match four, eight-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Miyu Amasaki, Yutami Hayashita, and Saya Kamatani defeated the Oeditai team of Natsukatora, Saki Kashi Marina, and Ruaka in 12 minutes and uh, one second. Um, uh, match five, our semi-main event, was a three-way nine-woman tag team match with the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Tekla and Mei Sakurai defeating Rebel and Enemy, uh, Micah Azaki, Mayu Yukihi, and Ram Kaichao, um, and Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi Saki and Yuko Sakurai in 12 minutes and 34 seconds. And then in our main event, our final triangle derby block match of the night, um, Godzai moved to three points, defeating Club Venus with two points, um, when Suri submitted Zaya Brookside with the White Tiger in 13 minutes and 36 seconds. Um, Matt, obviously, I know you'll want to talk about the two triangle derby matches, and we'll do that in a second. But what else on the card would you like to talk about? Before we get into it, Rob, I know we have a stacked show, so I apologize. But I kind of just want to pick your brain. Starting in Cork and Hall, the last handful of shows, we're doing around 1,000 people. Even for the, uh, the five-star, they were like 12, 1,300. And I mentioned on this podcast before, they're outdrawing New Japan at Cork. And so I was shocked when I was watching this. Go and 821 people still a phenomenal house but there's a lot of empty seats there and i'm kind of just curious curious you know what would be your opinion why this was about like 400 people short compared to what they've been drawing for a good majority of the year um it's a friday for a start um it's a weekday so the chances are that depending on when it was i don't know if it was an afternoon show or an evening show um the chances are people are at work um you look at the card itself um, it's a triangle derby sort of show, but there's only two matches on there. Um, obviously got the um, illness to Starlight Kid, to Himika, to Momo Watanabe. So the card's been changed round. You look at it on paper, and with the greatest of respect, it's not, for lack of a better term, the sexiest card. Um, I mean, we we looked at it last week, and I think the match that we picked out was um, Classmates versus H&M's. Um, the stars versus stars match, and that was third on the card, and only went nine minutes. So you're not going to get many people who are going right. Well, I want to go to Corrigan Hall. Let's have a look at this card. There, there wasn't anything massive. I think those are contributing factors, um, and I think just it could just be a little bit of fatigue from the amount of shows they've run. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'm sure someone more intelligent and far more in the know than me will come up with something uh, a little bit more verbose. But in my head, I imagine it's a a culmination of the fact that it was a Friday show and wasn't exactly the strongest card. Yeah. All that. I'm like, my thing is I've been in sales, you know, 14, 15 years. And I always know right after Christmas is not a good time because people have already spent a boatload of money. So I think they looked at this card and thought, you know, where can I cut back? And I think that this is kind of maybe where it was. I'll tell you what though, this, I thought the show was fantastic. I thought it was the best show of the three we're about to review. And the crowd was really into a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, well, the second match I just want to touch upon real quick, uh, Micah and you, it was almost like a mini preview for what we're going to see here on the 4th mm-hmm. of April, or April, of uh, February, and uh, I tell you what, <laughs> no disrespect to Lady C or Yuna, 
but uh, Nanane and uh, and Himika are a little bit better tag partners than for for Micah and you. And I thought this was fantastic. Again, if this is a little preview of what we're going to see on the uh, you know the, the the 12th anniversary show, I'm buzzing. I can't wait because I thought this match was really really solid. Uh, I had actually had it three and three fourth stars. I liked it so much. Wow. Um, I had it three and a half. I thought he was a really, really... And considering this was second on the card, I thought it was a really good match. Um, uh, Micah and you, I felt, had pretty good chemistry when they faced off in the tag league. Um, I think that match that they are going to have um, at the Supreme... Supreme Fight Show, I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, I think it's going to be really, really, really tasty. I think if Nene as well... It has got her working boots on, and by that I mean her selling boots. If she's willing to make Micah and Himika look good, which she has for the most part, I think this could be a really, really top-tier tag match. Um, again, I know that you were a little bit down on you um, due to her, her selling and inconsistencies and things like that. Are you... Can you see that she's worked on them? Are you a hundred percent? Yep. I always say, prove me wrong for what she did at the the finals against Aphrodite, the match uh, where they won the belts at, um, uh, against uh, Meltier at uh, Dream Queendom. Yes, her selling is better. She's giving more to the wrestlers, which builds up the finish. But yeah, I have, and I kind of figured I would because I'm like, it's there. I've seen her. I've seen her sell it with you know with Suzuki, and uh, I've seen her sell with Mike and Himika and Koguma. She can do it. It's just a matter of if she's going to be unselfish, which she was very unselfish with that match with Mariah and Ami. Sorry, another story for another day. But, um, yeah, she's gotten way better by selling and giving her opponents a lot. She gave a lot to Lady C in this match, but they did a smart thing by booking the bulk of this match, basically Micah versus you. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think there's going to be these four matches on this next pay-per-view that's going to exceed four stars. But this was really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And... Uh, the next match I thought was absolutely fantastic as well. The stars versus stars match was honestly, and my first note actually is this is a, this is the epitome of what I want this tournament to be because it was, didn't, it didn't outstay its welcome. It was excellent tag team offense. It was like these three, these two teams had been teaming together and they have in different sort of iterations, but they had such great chemistry. They worked together so well. There was little stories thrown in as well to stop it just being a standard block match. You had the stuff with Momo Kogo and Hazuki, which I thought was built on really, really well from their um, sort of preview match at Dream Queendom. Um, overall, I thought Hazuki was great. They gave a lot to Momo Kogo. I thought she was highlighted really, really, really well. Overall, a really, really, really good match. I thought the right team won. I gave it three and three quarter stars. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I Momokogo was the MVP of this match, and they did a really good job considering the fact that Hazuki's been beating up poor Momokogo as if she was not Sapoy. But yeah. at the very end, after she submitted her, she shook she shook her hands. Uh, I like this match considerably more than you. I actually gave it four and a quarter stars. And to me, this is the greatest triangle derby match <laughs> in the history of triangle derby. Yeah, I thought it was everybody played their part really well. Even Mayu, who no disrespect to the other uh, five ladies, she's the MVP of stars. And mm-hmm. Mayu did a good job getting her stuff in. 
and letting everybody else get over. And I think that just speaks to the unselfishness of Mayu. She just did what she needed to do. She was the glue that held everything together. She got Hana over. She got the Momo. She helped get the Momo Kogo story over with Hazuki. And she just basically stayed out of the way. Like, I don't need the spotlight here. Um, and I thought that that's just, just, just another reason why we need to love Mayu. Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed the fact that we we almost got a culmination of this story with Momokogo and Hazuki. Obviously, Hazuki feels like Momokogo is not taking it seriously. At Dream Queendom, she was dancing along to the bear dance with Kagame, and Hazuki was not a fan of that. You know, take it seriously. This is your training. What the hell do you think you're doing? And here, I felt like, to start with, she didn't do the dance. She just kicked Kagame straight in the gut and carried on. Um, she proper brought the fight to Hazuki as well, really gave Hazuki a lot. Um, and eventually it was an opportunistic roll out of the pin, lock in the wing clutch for the win. Um, Momokogo tapped immediately. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought both teams looked really, really good. I did sort of earmark uh, classmates as a team to watch in this tournament, not necessarily to win the whole thing, but one that will consistently put on excellent matches. You've got a great tag team in FWC and a fantastic up-and-coming wrestler in Saya Ida. Um, I've just had a quick thought, Matt, about the attendance figures as well. You mentioned that it's just after Christmas. It's also post-Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, you will have had an influx of um, sort of travellers who've come to see Wrestle Kingdom and potentially New Year's Dash as well. And then, of course, they'll have gone home, won't they? So potentially that little influx has gone down as well from Wrestle Kingdom. Smart man. You're a smart man, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Do you know what? Genuinely, it's because I was thinking of Elkage. Because um, I knew he was out there and I was I saw something that um, he was going home in the next couple of days. And I was like, ah, that'll be what it is. People have gone home. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about the main event because I feel like this was... This was a good match, but I think it was there to get the angle over between Mirai Suri and Chihiro Hashimoto. Um, we're talking about, obviously, the main event, which was Aberembo, God's Eye. Aberembo, by the way, I found out, means Rampage. There you go. So it's Rampage, God's Eye, um, and Club Venus. Um, overall, this was good, but I don't think it was a patch on Classmates versus H&M's match. No, I thought this was really good. And that's this was actually because of the uploads. This was the last match I watched. I literally watched this last night. Um, so we're gonna go and talk about how much I was not a fan of Club Venus at the uh, the Tam Nakano uh tribute show. And but they were really, really good here. And I think a lot of it had to do with uh don't get me wrong, Mariah May played her role real well, real well, real well. Same thing as Zaya Brookside, but Shiri Amisori and Mariah really made them work for it. Mm. And I thought this was a really cool part. Again, we talked about how well the Cork and Hall show or how into the Cork and uh, the crowd of Cork and excuse me, was into this entire show. And Mariah gets in the ring and she's getting ready to like lock up or like do a knuckle lock. And they start doing the Mariah clap. And she's like, oh, OK, well, I better respond to this because that's my thing. And she literally <laughs> just looked confused for half a second. was like, oh, wait, they're doing the clap for me. So I thought that was really, really cool how like Mariah got over by literally doing nothing. So and <laughs> and she and she's just fantastic. I mean, this trio of Sherry, Ami, Sori and Mariah, they are they are absolutely fantastic. And yes, they are now known with the uh, the rampage thing. So me and you and everybody else have this team, have this team going to the finals of this tournament. Is since more than likely the finals of this tournament will be in Japan, 
And one of the most famous MMA fighters of all time is Quentin Rampage Jackson. Jackson, Do you think it's a missed opportunity if Rampage Jackson does not come out with the God's Eye team during the final? Rob? I mean, you're assuming that it's not already in the bag, Matt. You're assuming <laughs> that Rossi has not already got that Bushy Road checkbook out and gone, look, I need Rampage Jackson. Come on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine Sherry, Sherry, who screams at every kick and punch that she throws, and then Rampage Jackson doing the howl with a giant chain on his neck? I mean, that's that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> that is, that's the match we all want. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Zaya Brookside took a lot of the heat here. I think that is going to be her role um, in in Club Venus. She's going to be sort of the heat magnet, a bit like the Nats of Cosmic Angels. Um, but I think Natsapoy is seen as a little bit more of a threat. No disrespect to Zaya Brookside at all, obviously, but I feel like Mariah May is sort of built as that, the monster of the trio. Um, and I think she was, she showed that a lot more here than she did on the other matches in the, on the other shows. Um, but overall, this was all to get over the angle. Like I say, um, Suri had called out Chihiro Hashimoto, Five-time Sendai Girl World Champion. Unfortunately, no relation to my favorite of the Musketeers, Shinya Hashimoto. Um, but had called her out, said, you should come and watch me at Corican. So she showed up in the crowd. Um, there was a confrontation post-match with Mirai taking the mic from Suri um, and saying she wanted to have a, um, a singles match with Hashimoto wanted to avenge her loss against her in the 60th anniversary show at Corrigan Hall last April. Called herself the Ash-Covered Cinderella, which I thought was quite a cool nickname. Um, but I, again, am criminally short on knowledge on Hashimoto, but I do know that this garnered a lot of excitement, this matchup, Matt. Yeah, um, and you know when she said that, my again, I, I surround myself with people so much smarter than me. Obviously, you, Rob, and my wife is a, le- a legit 4.0 book genius. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, Ash cover. She looks kind of tan. She's not super pale. And my wife quickly corrected me, uh, saying, No, no, no. That means like she's like uh, not evil, but like really competitive and like really fierce and like basically gay. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. That's who Mariah is. But I thought that was really cool. Ash covered Cinderella. Um, maybe a year too late, considering the fact we're on the next Cinderella tournament. Could have <laughs> yeah. made it. She's been selling that a long time. <laughs> Could have made that T-shirt. Could have made that T-shirt back April. Regardless, um, I thought it was set up really, really well. I thought this match was really good. FYI, I gave the match three and three fourth stars. But um, do you think that Mirai maybe should have gotten the submission win instead of Shiri? But then again, it was Shiri. I'm kind of maybe even debunking my own theory. It was Shiri, the one that that called out Hashimoto. What did you think? Do you think that Mirai should have gotten the uh, the win here, or did it not matter with Shiri getting the uh, the tap out here? I don't think it particularly matters. Um... I think obviously the entire thing was to set up Siori versus Hashimoto, but Mirai sort of stepped in. I feel like that step in took a lot more people by surprise with the fact that she didn't get the pinfall. Um, I I do think that Siori is, without trying, one of the funniest people on the roster, without like even trying too hard. Just her comic timing is excellent. You know, the way she was trying to, you know, sort of quietly take the microphone from Mirai, like, are you all right? Are you finished? Can I take it? No? Okay, you carry on. You go for it. Can I take it? No? Still no? Okay, fair enough. You you do you. Um, I just, I, I think she is genuinely really, really funny. Um, 
But yeah, overall, I thought this angle was done really, really well. I'm intrigued to see what Hashimoto and Mirai do. I do expect Hashimoto to get the victory because I do, obviously they are building towards Hashimoto and Suri. Um, but yeah, very, very, very excited, Matt. Yeah, Mirai, she's in a really good spot. She's that spot where she's like right in between the white belt and the red belt, but she's there to get people over to build them to main event matches. That's a really good spot to have considering the fact she's only been in the company about a year. But I'm assuming that this match is going to educate um, the people who have not seen much of Hashimoto, how good she is. Mm. I'm fully expecting her to get the win over Mirai, and I think... They'll probably do Hashimoto versus Sherry. I think that's going to be probably at the Yokohama Arena show. That would be my guess. I think they're going to give this a long build. Wouldn't surprise me, um, which, you know, again, she's a five-time Sendai Girl World Champion. It, she's obviously very, very, very good, and I imagine our extremely educated Discord will be able to uh, point us in the direction of some fantastic Hashimoto matches. Um Let's move on then to the Triangle Derby Night 3 come to Nagoya. This was the pay-per-view, the surprise pay-per-view um, from Sunday the 8th of January from the Nagoya International Conference Centre in front of 1,071 people. It's a venue that stardom have run a lot uh, through 2020, 2021 and onwards. This is the second largest recorded attendance at the venue. Only the fight in the top show drew more, which got 1,213. This show, the Triangle Derby show, this outdrew the Midsummer Champions in Nagoya show that had Suri and Tam Nakano on top for the Red Belt. So that gives you some indication of how well this show has actually drawn. Again, on the back of, you know, this was initially supposed to have a very, very highly anticipated high-speed match between Azumi and Starlight Kid on it, but obviously that got nixed because of injury. Um, you would, you could have expected this, the numbers to fall. However, you know, announcing the match between uh, the tag match with Mayu and Siori versus Utami and Micah, I think probably helped with those numbers somewhat. Um, I'll go through the results, Matt, and then, again, anything you want to talk about. I know we're obviously we're going to talk about the main event, the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, and we're going to talk about the special tag match, but anything else, just throw it at me. So, match one was the Nagoya Rumble. Super strong Stardom machine finally, finally wins an outright Rumble on her own, not helped just we're avenged forever i'm so happy uh last eliminating azumi via over the top rope in 13 minutes and 33 seconds uh match two a six-woman tag team match the club venus team defeated oeratai natsukatora rena and saki kashima with mina shirakawa getting the pin with the glamorous driver mina in 11 minutes and one second um, match three, our first triangle derby block match saw so the barry barry bombers move to two points defeating lollipop um, with May Sakurai getting the pin with a rolling guillotine leg drop. We have lived through a dark time, Matt Turner, a dark, dark time, but we've made it through, and we've made it through I... it to tell the story. May Sakurai, Matt, has a new top rope finisher. I think it's over. I think other than her doing the double elbow with Julia, is that possible when her and Julia do the double elbow drop? Are you okay with that? <sighs> That's a long uh, silence. That's a long pause. Uh, I mean, nervous. Look, nervous. It's better than whatever she trotted out on her own. So, sure, why not? This, however, oh my God, where the hell did this come from? There it is, man. And I think the, uh, I think I texted you literally. I watched the show. 
went to church and on my drive to uh to my next adventure i texted you and i was like yeah this was good this was good oh by the way i think the uh, elbow drop is retired because may sakurai is a really cool top rope move and it was perfect it was it was perfect i hope she continues with that because that's far more impactful um Elsewhere on the card, we have got a triangle derby block match with prominence team Risa Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Hiragi Kurumi moving to four points, defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki, with uh, Suzu Suzuki getting the pin with a German suplex on Natsupoi in nine minutes and five seconds. Our aforementioned special tag match, which was put on the card to replace um, the high speed championship match, we have the team of Mai Wibatani and Suri and the team of Yutami, Hayashishita, and Micah ending in one of perhaps the most predictable time limit draws in the history of stardom in 30 minutes. And then our main event was the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, Saya Kamatani defeating Amisori with the Firebird splash in 18 minutes and 16 seconds. Before we talk about those two main events, Matt, uh, let's talk a little bit about the undercard. What do you think of the undercard in general? I want to just touch upon the uh, Stardom Rumble, just real, real quick. So Saida gets in there, and she's throwing chops. And I'm like, oh, I've seen her throw way, way harder chops. And then Lady C gets in there, and she's throwing chops. And I'm like, I've seen her throw way harder chops. And you basically have everybody in there. It's just like Mariah's in there throwing forearms. And I'm like, wow, I'm not. Well, okay. I Momo Watanabe's out. Starlight Kid's out. Uh, Himika's out. We don't need somebody breaking their jaw, getting a concussion on what is kind of for back letter term a back a lack of a better term throwaway rumble right i'm like okay i get it they're only going like 50 60 percent I, I i respect that and then hazuki comes in the ring as if i couldn't <laughs> love hazuki anymore she just bootstraping people and throwing forearms and throwing kicks and i'm like hazuki just doesn't care you're in the ring you know it's it's the danger zone i just want to point that out and then some <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, okay, I get it. I've, I've been in these battle royals before. It's like, I'm not going to go and kill people with forearms and kicks and whatever. I, I get it. No problem. And then Hazuki's like, yeah, no, okay, here we go. This, this is what I do. Like, she's just the best. I love Hazuki. Um, also, super strong starter machine, as you mentioned before, buddy. She eliminates Azumi last. So the super strong starter machine get a high-speed championship match. I mean, she's got, <laughs> she's got as good a reason as any to have one so yeah sure why not throw her in there i'm more than happy with that more than happy um (laughs) but yeah it was uh someone did not give that memo to hazuki that we're taking it easy in this nagoya rumble because jesus christ did things pick up when she entered the ring but this was this was what it was like in the five star she would enter that match and just go balls to the wall figurative figuratively just balls to the wall kicking people in the head not caring who it was um and i love her for that i think she's great for that um i thought the barry barry bombers and lollipop match was was fine um i think it was mainly notable for the rolling guillotine leg drop um but i will say that i've been pretty impressed with rena amakura what did you think of it yeah, absolutely. I think that this whole lollipop team is doing fairly well. Obviously, unfortunately, we do know what the result every single one of these matches will be. But like I always say, it's the journey, not the destination. And I think th- those three girls work really, really well together. But yeah, um, she seems to be the standout of, of the team. Yeah, certainly. I was That was what I was going to say. Nothing against, obviously, Yuko Sakurai or um, Wakasukiyama. Waka, you know, is going to be taking the fall because it is part of her storyline going forward. And this was this was so well done 
on the next night. So well done. Um, but yeah, overall, it was fine. There wasn't anything blow away in this match. I gave it three stars. The next match, however, the Prominence versus Cosmic Angels match, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. It was hard hitting. We saw a lot of Karumi, who I don't feel like we've seen a lot of, but she's like a bulldozer. She just absolutely powers through people. And immediately I was like, I want to see her versus Utami Hayashista. Yeah, um, in no fault of her own, it's just Risa Sarah is so good. And Suzu Suzuki is just, I mean, she's Suzu Suzuki. She's, she just commands a room as soon as she, you know, makes her entrance way. And then she'll punch you in the face and kick you in the face and drop you on your head. And she will let you uh, drop her on her head as well. But uh, yeah, she's, uh, Haragi's really oppressed me in these two matches that I've seen. Not only just these two matches, but even like the, uh, the, the championship match where they won the belts against uh against the away to tie team she's been really really impressed me considering the fact that for lack of a better term she's the third in the group uh obviously suzu's had you know had this phenomenal five-star run risa sarah as well so it's kind of like she's almost like an added bonus and she's been she's been really really good and speaking of added bonus again you look at the cosmic angels team obviously it's tam it's not support it's meltier saki every time i see her i was really impressed with her in the five star and she's playing her role really really well with Tam and Natsupoy. I've been thoroughly enjoying the Cosmic Angels, uh, their stuff as well. And there's something, again, I fully expect Tam and Natsupoy to win those tag belts back, Rob. I really want to see a Meltier versus Suzu Suzuki versus Risa Sarah. Um, it doesn't even have to be for the belts. The belts are just being added bonus. But just by seeing what these four ladies did, you know, in the ring with their combination of tag stuff, that's a dream match that I definitely hope happens somewhere in 2023. Yeah, this was really good. It was nonstop. I think Natsupoy just seems like she's chugging Red Bulls because she just seems like she's on another level these last three or four weeks. She just seems like she's going fast. She's taking beatings. She's giving beatings. That low angle drop kick, that basement drop kick that she does, she's just properly kicking right through people's face, which is really good for her because she just gets beat up in these matches. And that's like one of her big comeback moves. It's like, yeah, I just took 19 moves in a row. I'm going to drop kick your face off. And in the first row and she does it so well so yeah i thought this was tremendous uh what was your star rating on this my friend i gave this four um yep. and the same. reason i did um see same level man um i just honestly i thought nat's was fantastic i i don't know what it is about her suplexes but every single time she throws them it's so impressive um, there was the exchange between her and Suzu Suzuki where Suzu hit the release German suplex and Natsupoy lands really high on her neck and she springs straight up and hits her own release German. And it's always so, so impressive. I'm just I'm blown away by how much of a beating she takes yet continues to come back and continues to bounce back. Um, this is why sort of, I, I want to see her win this um, sort of gauntlet match at... Uh, supreme fight because she's taken a lot of pinfalls recently because they are protecting tam and they're also protecting saki quite a lot as well which i don't really understand but um i have to disagree with you slightly actually i early on in the tournament i wasn't massively impressed with saki i thought she was a bit vanilla let's say she was she was there but didn't really do anything for me and then as the tournament kicked on she started having some really good matches and then actually since the five star she's been pretty good um but yeah i thought mvps for me in this match were natsupoy who again there have been several more members of the let's beat natsupoy up tour um enlisted <laughs> this week um and i thought karugi again 
looks really, really, really entertaining. I I do like the look of her. I think it's because she's so different to Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki. Um, she's far more imposing. Yeah, massively impressed. Um, let's move on then to the special tag match. Mayu Iwatani and Siori versus Utami and Hayashista and Micah ending in a time limit draw 30 minutes. You put four of the best in stardom in a ring and they're going to have a fantastic match. I, I don't think this surprises anyone, Matt. No, and I we figured to go to a time limit draw. I thought it'd go 20 minutes, but they gave us 30, kind of as a make-do of, hey, you know, we were going to give you a Zoomy Starlight Kid. Um, you know, let's make the best of a bad scenario. And they could have given us 15 or 20 minutes. We would have been fine with it. But they gave us 30 minutes, and I thought it was fantastic. And you, Rob, you said it when we got done with our last um, alternate commentary that the current pillars of stardom are Shiri, Mayu, Julia, and Utami. And you had three or three of the four of the current pil- pillars. And I obviously agree with you. Three of the four current pillars in this match. But to me, the MVP of this match, and I don't think you're going to disagree with me, the MVP of this match was Micah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think the way this match is built, the way they put this match together, it was, I think it was, it, I think that's when, you know, again, when they put this match together, you know, who's getting the big spots here or there. I think that was done on purpose. So good on them getting, you know, getting Micah more over here. And I know that you kind of made a bold prediction when we got done reviewing the five star that you think Micah is going to have a phenomenal 2023 and might be a dark horse to win either the Cinderella tournament or I have a really big shot at a red belt or win the five-star make it to the finals. I was like, wow, you know, I'm a big fan of Micah, but I think she's just missing one thing and she's not just there yet. And this was a big step in the right direction on a pay-per-view in front of a thousand people in the ring, not only with three of the four pillars, your last three red belt champions, you know, Mayu losing it to Utami, Utami losing to Sherry and three of the best wrestlers in the history of this company and three of the best wrestlers going now. And Micah was the MVP of the match. I thought it was absolutely brilliant to get her over in the way that she did. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, I seen some people online complain that it went 30 minutes that it, it, it dragged uh, for you. I will give you the biggest hug in the world because the fact that you're complaining that this went 30 minutes, what is wrong with you? You must hate Santa Claus because like, <laughs> uh, I would have taken another 30 minutes. This I know we're only two weeks into the year. This is my starter match of the year. Four and a half stars. I gave you four and a quarter. I thought it was fantastic. Again, I said at the top of this match, you got four of the best of stardom. They're going to put on a fantastic match, but Micah really stepped up to the plate and she's one that. Whenever she does get the tap on the shoulder, she does step up. She had great matches with Utami for the red belt. She had a fantastic match against Suri for the red belt in a match where the result was so predictable. Nobody thought Micah was taking the belt, and she still put on an absolute barn burner, and she's still really, really relatively quite young into her career. So to see her progress this quickly is really, really, really exciting. I Yeah, it- I was going to say, you even like her even more considering the fact that she's rumored to be the best beer drinker in all of stardom. Does that help you? <laughs> <laughs> I do fully expect on the next stardom in showcase show for there to be a beer chugging rules match between Utami and Micah. Oh my god, yes. Take my money. I don't I usually wait for the startup and showcase shows to uh, go on Stardom World, but I will I will make an exception for that. 
Absolutely. And if Rossi Ogawa doesn't make it a 15-minute time limit draw, I'll be fuming. <laughs> we talked about Karen Peterson booking stardom. You should book the stardom and sell cake. Showcase oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be incredible. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. I will double down on that prediction. I do think that Micah is... She's five-star tournament final material, whether she wins it, especially as the last two wins have gone on to Dream Queendom, which has been this huge show. Would she headline a big show? Maybe not quite. Here's something else I'll throw at you, buddy. You think that uh, Mina has a good chance of winning the white belt, which is a possibility. I don't see her having much more than a six-month run. What if Mina wins the white belt at uh, Yokohama and then she loses it to Micah sometime, um, maybe even at Dream Queendom? Maybe we see Micah winning the white belt at the end of the year. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Wouldn't be opposed to that at all. But if you think about who we've got in that white belt picture at the moment, Micah, Saya Kamatani, obviously, is the champion. Mirai, Starlight Kid, Hazuki, Mina Shirakawa. It's a stacked, stacked division. And you think about all of those people as well. You can give them a tap on the shoulder to go for that red belt when needed. And that tier, you've got Utami, you've got Mayu, you've got Julia, you've got all these people that can go for this belt. Suri again. Um, it's, it is really, really, really exciting. But the fact that Micah really did stand up with these and was the standout goes to show just how good she really is. Um, we'll talk about the main event. So Sayakamatani defeating Amisori to retain the white belt. Um, this was this was a solid title defense. I think we can agree that Sayakamitani has had significantly better matches, but I don't think this was a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, Matt. I love this match, considering the fact that Sayakamitani has had such a great reign. You know, I, I'm, I'm, like, I know I sound like a broken record. You, Tommy. Tam, Natsupoi, uh, Micah, Himika, Kyrie, uh, the Mina match. I know, you know, even though the ending, uh, you know, was the ending anybody wanted. But yeah, she's had significant better matches than this. I still thought this was fantastic. I thought this was a great way to close the show. Ami Sori, this was a real coming out party for Ami Sori just to sh- yeah. ha- give an idea of what she can do and what she's probably going to be doing with the future of Stardom Championship. I'm like, you know, that's it's just obviously what Hana's done with that belt. Um, and, you know, she really raised the game with that belt. And I think Ami Sori is going to do a great job. She's in the ring with my wrestler of the year, Sai Kamatani, and arguably the greatest white belt champion of all time. I still thought this was an absolute barn burner. Uh, I thought this was great. They gave Ami enough. They made Ami look like a threat to Sai. Saya's selling has gotten so much better. And considering the fact that Ami's, you know, so much bigger and stronger than Saya, Saya's selling was just on point here. She made Ami look really, really good before she wind up putting her away. And again, it's that's the most important thing, especially in main event matches, especially in championship matches, which this what match was both the main event and a championship match. She did a good job building Ami up in the middle of the match just to be just so, you know, the middle towards the end of the match, just so she can beat her in the end, which is a great mark of a champion. And Sayakamitani has done a great job with this white belt. Um great, great match. Ami sorry stock went up twofold just in one match. I had this at four and a quarter stars. Love this match. Yeah, I had it at four. I think the last couple of matches and shows that we have seen Amisori on, she's done incredibly well. Um, the tag match or the six-woman tag 
um, the draw at the tri- um, in the first show of the Triangle Derby, I thought was absolutely fantastic. But I thought here she was a great foil for Sayakamitani, who I thought bounced around off her perfectly. Again, you could argue the result very, very obvious. There's no way Sayakamitani's reign is ending at the hands of Amisori, but I thought this was the perfect. This wasn't about Saya. I know that sounds really stupid because obviously this is, you know, Saya now ties the most defences with the white belt at 13. She's tied with Momo Watanabe. But this didn't feel like it was about Saya. It felt like it was about Amisori proving that she could, if needed, be elevated to that position. And they did it last year. They did it with Unagi. They did it with Mina. You know, they've done it countless times with people to basically say, right, we're going to throw you in here. We're going to see what you can do. And I think Amisori, she wrestled a completely different match to anything I've seen her do before. She was targeting the leg. She was really brutal in her submissions on Saya, who sold it like she was being hit by a cannon. It was It was great. Um, the result was always going to be Saya Kamatani winning. However, it's worth noting, didn't use the Phoenix Splash, didn't try the Phoenix Splash. Maybe we'll see her break that defense record against Momo Watanabe, who she called out after this match, and that match has obviously been made official for Supreme Fight. Maybe that's where she brings back this Phoenix Splash match. Yeah, it's a possibility. I still think uh, to, to basically bookend the story, I think she brings it back with the match with Mina. I think she misses it, and then Mina like rolls her up for like a false finish, or they can complete the Mina heel turn where she misses the Phoenix splash. Mina rolls her up and puts her feet on the ropes because I don't think we've ever seen any major belt change hand on like a cheap old school heel thing. Um, again, that's another story for another day. That's a possibility, but yeah, I wouldn't. Again, if you're gonna break the record against Momo Watanabe, who I, I think you've mentioned before, this is Momo's first white belt match uh, since she lost the belt to Arisa. What a better way, really. Not much of a better way to bring it back out during um, you know, what is going to be the most important defense of her career to try to break the all-time record for the historic run of the Wonder of Stardom Championship. It's worth noting as well, you say it's historic. Not only is she now the joint She's joined with Momo Watanabe at 13 tile defenses in this single reign. She's also the second longest reigning champion. She's currently at 375 days. There's only Yuzuki Aikawa that has a longer reign than Saya, and that's 618 days. That That isn't being broken for a long time, if ever. So for Saya to go above the likes of Arisa, above the likes of Kairi, Momo, Io Shirai, to get to that upper echelon, of longest championship reign, I think is a huge achievement for where she is in terms of her career. I mean, again, I mentioned at the top of the podcast about how there hadn't been cheering crowds since the second episode. When we, when me and Chris first started this podcast, Sayaka Matani was effectively a young, like a rookie. So she'd only just joined Queen's Quest. She'd been photoshopped onto the end of the Queen's Quest photo in perhaps the most hilarious just it was it was awful it was awful she was in her rookie gear so she didn't like she fit in um like say she was photoshopped onto the end so she looked even less like she fit in and to go from there to being the second longest reigning white belt champion having fantastic matches along the way just proving everyone wrong at budokan by having an absolutely stellar match with utami i think the story that she's written for herself is absolutely fantastic. And whether she drops it to Mina or Hazuki or Starlight Kid, this reign 
is certainly historic. And I think Saya has done a tremendous job with this reign. I think she's done an excellent job and it's it's something that she does deserve because I think she's done tremendously well over the last couple of years, uh, over the last couple of weeks. Bleh, months, months <laughs> is what I meant. Um, let's move on then to the final show that we were going to talk about, which was night four of the Triangle Derby, which is also Tam Road. It was uh, the Anjo 70th anniversary show. And I don't think you'd have known that because it was possibly the quietest crowd I've ever heard. Like, did these you really people, didn't, you, you didn't really hear it like <laughs> didn't <laughs> <laughs> did they did they have hands like even when tam came out and she's the home girl like there was very little you could hear like i think tam expected a little bit more of a reaction but i i, I don't know it was it was very very quiet i don't know whether the mixing was wrong or whatever it bizarre but this show was streamed in full on youtube for free proving that they can do it come on stardom get with it um so we had a pay-per-view then a free show on youtube so hopefully matt we are seeing more things obviously all of the new blood shows are on youtube you've got these things on youtube as well proving that they have the capabilities of putting things on youtube straight away of streaming live hopefully the Things are going the right way, aren't they? Yeah, production-wise, obviously. Again, it's, it's the second biggest wrestling company in Japan, and I think the fourth biggest in the world. Um, you know, we talked about that at Nausea, that um, we've seen New Japan do it. You know, WWE's been doing it for forever and a day. There's a lot of independents uh, in the United States that are drawing maybe 200 people that are not backed by a big company like Bushi Road. So, yeah, there's no reason why they can't do it. And they proved they did it here, and the production quality was pretty good. Again, maybe the sound, we don't know. We don't know if the mixing was bad or just they just weren't into it or they really take that non-clapping crowd or non-vocal crowd thing really seriously in this venue. Not sure what it was, <laughs> but yeah, it was again, it was streamed live on you. The, light, the lighting looked good, so come on. Let's, let's go. Let's go, Stardom. Let's go. 2023, let's move into the future. If not, get in the DeLorean with me and Rob. Like I said, I filled it with... Uh, Filled it with plutonium. Let's go. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me run through the card then. So we start with the singles match. Tekla defeating Momokogo with the delightfully named Doku- Dokugumu. Yes, Dokugumu. There we go. They were confidence. They were confidence. Sorry, I'll say it. Hang on, I'll do that again. Right, you ready? Confidence. Mm-hmm. Match one, singles match. Tekla defeated Momokogo with the Dokugumo death drop, 7 minutes 20. That was a lot easier, actually, saying it with confidence. Yeah. You're right. Guess guess what, Tekla? If that's not the name of your finisher, it is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had a singles match with Suri defeating Yuna Mizumori with the far easier to say buzzsaw kick in 9 minutes and 17 seconds. I uh, love this podcast. This is the best. I love doing this show. <laughs> Match three was a six-woman tag team match with Club Venus defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Micah and May Sakurai and also Lady C. So rather than My Himmy with C, we've got My My with C uh, with the Tombstone Pal Driver in 11 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, match four saw an eight-woman tag team match. The stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Kogma, and Sayurida defeating the Oeditai team of Natsukatora, Rina, Ruwaka, and Saki Kashima with the Moonsault in 13 minutes and three seconds. 
Uh, the semi-main was a tag team match. The New Eras, Amisori and um, Mirai, Himika, Mirai uh, <laughs> and Aphrodite ending in the time limit draw in 15 minutes. And then finally, our main event, our triangle derby block match, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoy and Saki getting their first points on the board, reaching two points, defeating Lollipop, the team of Wakasuki Armarina Amakura and Yuko Sakurai with the Violet Screwdriver with 14 minutes and 58 seconds on the clock. Two seconds, and it would have been a draw. It was the most delightfully timed finish and just adds just that extra beat to that story that all Waka had to do was hang on for two more seconds and she wouldn't have lost. It would have been her first match without losing, without taking the pinfall, but no. She couldn't hang on, and with two seconds to go, Tam gets the win. I loved it. What a way to close out this match. Absolutely loved it, Matt. But apart from that, what else did you think about this undercard? I kind of wanted to touch upon match number three with, you know, I mentioned it before, how good at the Cork and main event that Club Venus looked. And again, I watched this match, I think the day of. So I watched this match first before the Cork and just the way that things lined up. And I just don't think, and I don't want to be negative on this show, but I kind of just want to pick your brain I don't think Club Venus gelled really well together here. I don't think Zaya Brookside and Mariah May did a really good job complimenting Mina, who's basically the the leader of this group. You know, we've seen how well Mina and Yunagi complimented Tam uh, when the original Cosmic Angels. Uh, we see how well Amisori, Tomoka uh, uh, Inaba, and Mariah compliment Sherry in God's Eye, um, on and on and on. But to me, it just seemed like Mariah May and Zaya Brookside were really timid in this match. Like they were only running like half speed, especially when they were in the ring with Micah. Like it almost seemed like they were afraid to take like shoulder tackles and clotheslines. There's even one point where like Micah was, uh, she whipped one of them off the ropes. And as Micah was getting ready to either clothesline or give one of them a shoulder tackle, they kind of just stopped and took like a really lazy bump. So I I'm kind of just want to get your theory on it. Again, they look great in the Cork and Hall uh, main event against God's Eye. But to hear, for me, they really didn't gel well. And you can clearly see that Mina is the one really, really pulling the cart here. Almost dragging the cart. It's funny you should mention that. Um, this, for me, was the weakest match that I think Club Venus have had. But I don't know what the sort of ring, the ring shape of Mariah May and Zaya Brookside. Obviously... I don't know how many dates they've done back-to-back before Stardom because, obviously, Zaya Brookside was in NXT UK prior to this. Then NXT UK sort of folded and the wrestlers were let go. And I don't know what Zaya Brookside did in, in the interim of that and going to another company. So this might be... It could just simply be fatigue. You know, not being used to the Japanese sort of touring schedule. It's the first time Mariah May has been in Japan, so it could be that for her. Zaya Brookside, may, I, again, I don't know what how many matches she's wrestled in the interim. I might be proved wrong, and she's actually extremely in shape and whatever, but it's a case of maybe, you know, she wrestled on the 6th, the 8th, the 9th, and the 3rd. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's just a bit of fatigue, Matt. Yeah, maybe it's a possibility. I kind of just want to just pick your brain there because it just seemed like the two of them were really out of place. There was even a spot where they were doing like a three-way striking spot. And they've done each and every one of the matches, but like Brookside's strikes looked, uh, Mariah Mays looked, uh, and then like Mina hit like the uh, the integrate that she does. And it's like, 
clearly, if you've never even seen wrestling before, you've never seen these three, that Mina Shirakawa is clearly the star of the three. But like I said, they looked great in that Cork and Hall um, main event against God's Eye. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe just a little bit of ring rust. Maybe they were a little, just a little bit beat up from the travel. That's a possibility. But we do see Mina posting videos of them learning the Japanese language on Twitter. So they're definitely taking this day very seriously. So I just hope that uh, they can gel well together. And I hope they have a uh, fantastic rest of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned that, obviously, I'm a, I'm, I am a big fan of uh, Zai Brookside. And I must admit, I've been pretty impressed with Mariah May, aside from sort of this match. Overall, I think, give it time. I'm sure they'll gel and I'm sure they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, aside from that, this card was... It was the weakest of the three cards. Yeah, one one match, really. Yeah, it was it was one match. Um, the New Era's versus Aphrodite was good. Um, I must admit, Tekla and Momokogo did well. Um Suri and Yuna Mizumori was a very strange disparity of styles. Um, they made it work, but it was very strange to see Suri effectively wrestling a pineapple. Um, and then, <laughs> obviously, the main event and uh, Wakasuki Armor and Tam Nakano. Um, what did you give the main event, stars-wise? Um, you know, the main event, I thought, was actually some, uh, halfway decent. I had it three and a half stars. It kind of killed it with not having the crowd there. Um you know, just not being there for what was effectively the whole show is built around Tam. But again, Tam, Natsupoi, Saki Kashima, or not Saki Kashima, excuse me, force of habit. Saki, yeah. uh, capital S, capital A, capital K, capital I. I thought they all worked really well together. I liked how the match started with some melt here, double team offense on poor Waka. Um, then afterwards, you had the big Cosmic Angels photo. And you notice how Mina Shirakawa could give a damn less. Oh my you notice that. Could put, give I, a damn less. <laughs> I posted that photo to Twitter and said, "Let's play a game of who is going to be turning on it." Um, Cosmic Angel soon. It's, yeah, clearly uh, her. Yeah, she's um, she's so done with Cosmic Angels. But what I do like is the reasoning behind it. You know, the whole sort of she was never given the chance under Tam, or you know, she didn't really feel like Tam gave her enough love or whatever. I really enjoy that and. It looks like, if you look at how this post-match was done, it looked very much like Tam was very proud of Waka. And it does make me think, where is this going? Where is this going if come March, Waka still hasn't won? Is Tam going to follow through? And I'm going to ask you out right, Matt. Does Tam win a match? Does Waka win a match, sorry? Yeah, I think so. I th- oh man, this Waka story for someone who just can't get a damn win is like one of the best stories in wrestling last year plus. They just keep working us with different things, and now you throw on this thing where it's like, well, how does she go with Mia's group? Um, man, geez, I I think I think yeah, I think she gets a win. She was so close here on almost drawing with Tam. Again, what if she? What if it's a tag match where Waka gets the pin on Tam, and she's like, congratulations, you've done it, and Waka's like, nope. Yeah, I beat you. Now I'm going with Mina. I'm going with DDM. Or maybe she's like everybody else that did in the last two years. They she joins a widow tie and turns evil. I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I did do you know what? Genuinely, I briefly thought, what if she does go to um DDM, not DDM, a widow tie? I was like, it would make sense, you know, especially if she continues to lose. 
like it's proper driving her insane. You can argue it's it's dri- driven her to the dark side. I'd love that as a storyline. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. How about you? What did you uh, what did you give this star rating wise? I gave it three and a half, I believe. Um, it was the show itself was probably the one out of the out of the three shows. It's the one you can probably miss. The New Era's versus Aphrodite was was okay, but they've had better matches. Um, it was it was good though. Um, and then the main event, obviously, you know, to see Tam's homecoming and obviously the storyline with Wacker, but otherwise, not a great deal to talk about on that card. Um, yeah, I briefly want to talk about the finish of match number four. Not only was it the moonsault, but we saw the three rocket launcher dropkick into the moonsault. So anytime that uh, stars hacking back to the old freedom days. I just have to always mention on this show. It's never, it's never nice watching it. Like you think Jesus Christ, like you think taking that, especially that one that's gift for all eternity on Chelsea green. You just think (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, how is there anything left of it? Good grief. Um, But yeah, it's, it's always fun to see it come back out. Um, The triangle derby then in terms of standings, obviously we're only four nights in and obviously with the injuries to, um, Starlight Kid Himika and Momo Watanabe, who will hopefully be back for the fifteenth and uh, for the fourteenth and fifteenth shows, which I'll be going through the cards of in a minute. Hopefully, we'll have a better picture of how the standings are going to look at the end of those two shows. So, in red block, tied at the top with two points, Club Venus seven up. Um, you have also got uh, classmates. You have got Cosmic Angels. Queen's Quest are on one point. H&M's and Unique Glare are on zero points. Sorry, I'm trying to read the Japanese and the uh, tiny, tiny translation above it. Uh, Rampage God's Eye on three points in re- in blue block, but at the top of the block are Prominence, the only people to be winning two matches. Um, and then you've got a glut of teams on two points. You've got Rebel and Enemy. Uh, you've got Gold Ship. You've got My Himmy with C. Um, and... Sorry, classmates are here. Barry Barry Bombers are the one on two points in red block. So uh, there is plenty of time for things to change. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Lollipop, as far as I can see, are the only team that have had three matches. Um, in blue block, Cosmic Angels have wrestled three matches in red block. Um, so each team has got seven matches. So you're looking at a maximum of 14 points. It's going to be interesting. Um We'll move on and have a look at these show previews then. This is a doubleheader at Edian Arena Osaka 2. Um, the first is on the 14th of January, which is Saturday. The second is on the 15th of January, which is a Sunday. So the Saturday show is as follows. We open with a tag team match. Mayu Iwatani and Momo Koga versus Waka Tsukiyama and Miyu Amasaki. We've then got Triangle Derby block matches all the way to the main event. We've got Queen's Quest versus Gold Ship. Barry Barry Bombers versus Abarembo God's Eye. Unique Glare versus My Himmy with C. Club Venus versus Classmates, which could be tasty. 7-Up versus Prominence, which will be very tasty. Um, And Cosmic Angels versus Rebel and Enemy. There's a couple of Triangle Derby matches there, Matt, that I think we need to keep our eye on. Yeah, we have what Queen's Quest versus a uh, gold ship, right? So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see Momo Watanabe going up against her old, uh, her old team that we still over a year ago. We still never gotten any, you know, resolve from. Um, and I got well. I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, maybe we'll see a little preview of Momo and Sai Kamatani for the white belt in that match. 
And then um, I don't know anything on this card until you mentioned it. Are we getting another Shiri versus uh, Julia match on the show? We are indeed. Oh, wow. Yeah, then we have seven up prominence destroying each other. Um, fantastic. What is, is it announced what the main event of this show is going to be? No, just says all cards are subject to change. Um, of course. <laughs> That's pro wrestling for you, folks. Absolutely. Um, what, what do you think, just off the top of your head, would be the main event? Um, I think it will probably end up being Cosmic Angels and Rebel and Enemy. Hmm. I would say that it's going to be uh, Quentin Rampage, Jackson's God's Eye, and the uh, Barry Bombers. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that, to be perfectly honest. Um, obviously, another Julia and Siori confrontation. Um, but they're very, very high on Meltier and they're very, very high on Rebel and Enemy at the moment. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing seven up in prominence um, in the main event either because I think their style will suit them really, really well. We move on to night six then, as I've already said. It's a doubleheader at Eddie and Arena Osaka. Uh, we open with a four-way match. Kogama versus Mirai versus Miyu Amasaki versus Yuna Mizumori. Um, a three-way tag team match with Meltia taking on the team of Saeeda and Hazuki and the team of Suri and Amisori. Considering it's an undercard three-way tag, that sounds like a great match. Um We've then got, again, triangle derby block matches all the way to the top. We've got H&M's versus My Himmy with C. Barry Barry Bombers versus Gold Ship. Unique Glare versus Rebel and Enemy. Club Venus versus Prominence. And Queen's Quest versus Lollipop. Now, the reason I've said, that obviously, the running order is uh, subject to change is because at the moment listed for the main event of this show is Queen's Quest versus Lollipop. And with the greatest of respect, I just I don't think Lollipop are headlining this show, Matt. But it's Queen's Quest. So, uh, you know, I agree. But again, uh, it's Queen's Quest. So... <laughs> It is. It wouldn't surprise me if Club Venus and Prominence end up uh, end up main eventing. I'll be perfectly honest. I know it's the Triangle Derby, but I'd love to see Meltia versus Sairida and Azuki versus Suri and Amisori main event. I think that'd be great. Give it 16, 17 minutes. I'd be well up for that. Meltia win, please. Can we please get some steam back on poor Tam and Natsupoy? Can we give Natsupoy a bloody win? <laughs> just just let her win. Sakes. Just let her take all the moves. That's absolutely fine. But for God's sake, let her win. Um, anyway, let's move to the second half of this podcast. Hopefully we won't take up too much of your time because I'm very, very aware that the last two podcasts we've done have been about 14 hours combined. So and there was nothing to talk about. Well, yeah, we have one show and one match to talk about. We went two hours. So honestly, I've got no idea how this keeps happening, Matt. At least today we've got lots to talk about. So we've got an excuse. Um, however, obviously on our Twitter has been announced that it was the stardom cast end of year awards, 2022, the third annual stardom cast awards and we asked for your votes and you voted in your droves a record saying amount of people actually responded which was incredible thank you everyone that lodged their um votes on the ballot well we have our results as per usual there are eight categories wrestler of the year match of the year show of the year tag match of the year most improved wrestler of the year feud of the year moment of the year and faction of the year can donna del mondo be unseated from their dominance atop the faction of the year poll having won it the last two times in a row um what we'll do then is matt so i'll go through each category we'll both give our number one and then i'll go from number three all the way through to number one how would you think about that 
I love it. Let's do it then. So wrestler of the year 2022, the big one, let's call it. Matt, I think I already know who your number one is. Absolutely. Waka. No, it was... Gokin death. Sai Kamatani. I mean, it was it was neck and neck all year with Sai and Sherry. And then just what really Sai did on the, uh, the tag matches and the six-person uh, tag matches and what she did with the rain. And Sherry had a really good shot with her last two championship matches with Utami. And then obviously the match, she dropped the belt to Julia. But for me, it was just Sai Kamatani. Yeah, hard to disagree, to be perfectly honest. In a, As a consistency standpoint, I think Sai's had a fantastic year. She's improved sort of match after match after match, and she's put on banger after banger against the likes of Mirai, Starlight Kid, Kyrie. Whenever, you know, the back-to-back matches against Utami and Tama World Climax, she's had a fantastic year, and it's a record-setting year in terms of the white belt. I'm over the moon for her because she thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. And long may it continue, Matt. Um, Absolutely. Perhaps a little bit unsurprisingly, this category was a three-way race. Um, And up until the last day of voting, this was a three-way tie, believe it or not, Um, which considering the volume of like actual votes we had is baffling. But in third place, with 22.1% of the votes, it's our new World of Stardom champion, Julia. Um, in second place, with 23.5% of the votes, it's Saya Kamatani, which means that number one for the second year in a row, our wrestler of the year, 2022, with 25% of the vote, it is Suri Matt. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, Julia, for what she did, she had a really solid year all year around um she, you know she had that 30 minute draw with mayu um you know at the, to start the year off she had that great title challenge against shuri um at a uh, world climax she had a fa- fantastic five-star grand prix she really came on strong towards the second half of the year but again like i said saya commentani is my wrestler of the year you're kind of splitting hairs with uh you know what with, with shuri so, but you said every, I mean, the three of them were so close. I don't know if the votes were ever get that close again. All three women deserve uh, that top spot, but obviously me and you gave it to Sai Kamatani. Our listeners, the friends and family of the Stardom cast gave it to Shiri. Like I always say, brother, no wrong answer there. Yeah, it's one of them where I think had any of those three won that, it would have been like, yeah, all right, fair enough. I can see that. Um, match of the year then, 2022. Matt, i I'm going to take a long shot and assume that your match of the year is the same as mine. Yeah, uh, Cinderella Tournament, Koguma versus uh, Fukin Death. (laughs) 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 Uh, Obviously, I think everybody pretty much just has this. It's, uh, you know, not only the match of the year, I said it when we did the review with Karen Peterson. I think it's the third greatest starter match I've ever seen. It's one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen in any promotion. My match of the year, not only just stardom, but in wrestling in general. And in 2022, we saw some phenomenal matches. But yes, Sherry defending the world of stardom champion against Julia from Dream Queendom. I think you could have quite easily picked any match from the five star this year, or sorry, from a whole glut of matches from the five star this year. 2022 was we were spoiled with some of the in-ring quality i feel like we had so many matches to choose from for our match of the year ballot this year and it really was hard to narrow it down 
Um, I mean, you've got Maiwa Watani versus Kyrie from Historic Crossover, which in itself was a fantastic match. You've got the five-star final. You've got all of Suri and Saikamatani's tile defenses. And then on top of that, you had Dream Queendom, where Julia and Suri not only knocked it out of the park, but had possibly one of the greatest stardom matches of all time. Jesus Christ, what a year. Um, however, we had to narrow it down. And in third place, is Maiwi Watani versus Kairi from Historic Crossover with 11.8% of the vote. Julia versus Tam Nakano, the five-star final from this year, 13.2% of the vote is in second place. And perhaps the biggest lock of the year and perhaps the entire time we've done these awards in first place with a thunderous 47.1% of the vote it's Julia versus Suri from Dream Queendom. I mean, rightly so, Matt. Yeah, Rob, I'll tell you what. If you were to ask me, give me your one, two, and three matches from Stardom this year, that's exactly how I would go by. And it was neck and neck uh, going into this last month of the year. What was going to be my match of the year between uh, Tam ver- Tam and Julia at the five-star final and uh, Kyrie versus Mayu. And I went back and watched those matches several times um, just because, hey, somebody's got to do it. It's got to be me. So I just <laughs> narrowly gave the edge for my number two. My number, well, at the time would have been my number one spot, then my number two spot to um, Tam versus Julia. But then what Julia and uh, Sherry did at Dream Queendom would just completely raise the bar of just how good storyline and professional wrestling can be. But that's literally just, you're going to ask me, hey, Matt, what's your one, two, and three from stardom this uh, in 2022? That's what it would be. So I agree with you, folks. Way to go. <laughs> um show of the year matt 2022 um again there was so many shows you could have picked and you'll look just at the start of the year i mean world climax nights one and two were absolutely stellar you look at flashing champions in may fantastic show the midsummer champion shows were great a lot of the nights of the five-star grand prix were fantastic All in all, again, I mentioned it with the match of the year in terms of shows. And again, the more pay-per-views you put on, the higher the quality of the show. And obviously, Stardom put on 8,433 pay-per-views this year. So it's (laughs) you're bound to have a better quality of show. But I think Stardom knocked it out of the park with a large volume of these shows. Um, What would your number one pick be in terms of show? Again, it was kind of tough, but once again, just kind of going through um, just everything with a fine-tooth comb, I would have to say the finals of the five-star Grand Prix. Um, You had so many great matches. Julia's two matches. Uh, uh, Tam and Socket, that was really good. Risa Sarah and uh, Sherry was really good. Starlight Kid versus Mayu. Uh, Micah versus Himika, their first singles match. where They just threw forearms for 15 minutes and went to a double knockout. Momo Watanabe and Hazuki. Not enough people are talking about how great that match was. Um, and then just basically culminating, obviously, in uh, Julia and Tam. Having one of the year, just giving the right result with uh, Tam, or excuse me, Julia, winning the, the five-star. So that was my pick. That's what I voted for the finals of this year's five-star Grand Prix. It's difficult to disagree with you. I mean, the knee-jerk reaction was to give it to Dream Queendom. Um, but that's very much a case of, oh, it was the latest show. And then you look back on that final show and the caliber 
of match that they managed to keep up for the majority of the show. I mean, not enough people are talking about Mayu Iwatani versus Starlight Kid. They gave it five stars. Match. Yeah, what I gave it five match. stars. <laughs> I think I gave it four and three quarters. It was an absolutely stellar match, but it didn't get a mention in match of the year, which again is a testament to how good the in-ring quality has been this year. Um, you, you've already gone through the card. I mean, the amount of four-star plus matches in, on that card alone was absolutely baffling. And on top of that, you had the final as well, which was, again, a fantastic match, one of my five-star matches of the year. It turns out that our fans agree um, as they have voted thusly. Show of the year, historic crossover, 11.8% of the vote at number three. Number two was Dream Queendom with with 22.1% of the vote. And then in first place, as we've already talked about, with 36.8% of the vote, the five-star Grand Prix 2022, night 20, the finals. Um, Honestly... I'm not surprised that that won. It was certainly my vote, and apparently a lot of people agreed with us um, as to the match quality on that card. Let's move on to Tag Match of the Year 2022. And this one for me, Matt, was a lot hard. It's probably the hardest category to choose for me. You know, when you put this, this was difficult because I was looking at it. When you put this up on the poll, I didn't think you were going to include any of the artists of stardom matches and they are tag matches. So bravo to you, sir, for that, because to me, my tag match of the year, and there was some great ones, uh, the, the, you know, the, the two matches that uh, Momo and Starlight Kid had with FWC, the Meltier match where they won the belts on FWC against FWC. And there was two fantastic artists of stardom championship matches where my him dropped the belts to Saki, Momo and Starlight Kid. But as great as that match was, uh, my favorite tag match of the year was the Oedotai team. Again, Saki, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid defending the Artists of Stardom Championships against FWC and Hana. Uh, this was a huge coming out party for Hana, which is like you can see how great she's going to be. And it, we were like, yeah, in a year or two, she's going to be great. By the end of that match, like, no, 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 no. She's great now. And that is not only my tag match of the year. That's the greatest artist of stardom championship match I've ever seen. It was a great match. It was it was one of them that got buried a little bit because not only was it sort of in the middle of a pay-per-view, but wasn't it also smack dab in the middle of the five-star as well? Yeah. Yeah, so it got buried by an absolute, again, I'm going to use the word glut again, but an absolute just mountain of great singles matches that got talked about more. And I think that's probably the issue with the match because the match itself is fantastic. Really, really, really good. But with it happening in the middle of the five-star, people forget about it because of the five-star. Um, I there was quite when you look back and when you you know you consider six woman tags as well there was a lot of matches you could have picked here there was the tag league final yes it was divisive that seven up one but you can't deny that the match was great their match with Meltier at dream queendom was fantastic the prominence versus oeditai um sort of plunder match was great carnage fun then you've got the fight in the top match the cage match between queen's quest and stars that was a really, really fun match as well. So you had loads of different choices that you could have gone for. Um, in terms of the votes, um, what, what, this, what was your what was your number one, buddy? I'm really hoping you weren't going to tell me because I, I, I flip flop between quite a few. Um, obviously, there's the artist to start a match that you said. I was a big fan of the tag league final, despite the flat finish. But I think seven up versus Meltier 
was probably my tag match of the year. Oh, um, from Dream Queendom. It was either that, that or <laughs> literally bookmarking the end of the year. There was a show uh, right at the start of the year um, between FWC and Alto Lavello Cabalawan um, at Corrigan Hall where ALK dropped the belts to FWC. Uh, that was a fantastic match. That was also up there. Um, in terms of the votes, however, and this this is probably the biggest shock. So, in third place, we had the tag league final between Seven Up and Aphrodite with ten point three percent of the vote. In second place, we had Queen's Quest versus Stars from Fight in the Top with eleven point eight percent of the vote. And then at the top, we have Prominence versus Oweratai from Dream Queendom for twenty three point five percent of the votes. Of all the votes and all the winners that were cast in our end of year awards. This was the one that took me by surprise, Matt. Well, hey, that's good. It's nice to have a difference of opinion. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, me and you pretty much have the same one and two, just about everything. Wasn't shocked at the, where the votes were for wrestler of the year and match of the year and so on and so forth. So it's nice to have a little difference of opinion. So, um, but you touched on just a few minutes ago that I think really everybody, because it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, go back and watch that. Artist of Stardom Championship match with the Widow Tide defending against FWC and Hana. I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better. Only if Rob wants to do it, we'll, maybe we'll do it as a bonus episode, as an alternate commentary. How about that? That would be awesome. Maybe we do, maybe we revisit our list from last year and maybe we do a Hidden Gems. Love it. Whatever you want to do, buddy, just let me know. <laughs> um, let's move on to Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, which seems like more of a slam dunk than the tag match of the year. Um, I believe, Matt, we're probably going to be sh- of the same opinion with most improved wrestler of the year, aren't we? Yeah, uh, Kyrie, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mean it. Uh, you know what? I mean, as great as Hannah was, and she was, she was absolutely fantastic. And again, I just got done watching the 12 matches from her future reign, and I think she's going to win this award next year. But I think that if I had to vote, like do a one and two, she would be second. But number one, uh, not again, not only just in startup and all of wrestling is hands down Mina Shirakawa. Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. However, I am going to make a point of making a special, um, a special mention to May Sakurai because I have given this woman so much abuse on this podcast for just not improving for such a long time and seemingly going backwards at times. She was uninteresting. Her move set was really clunky. Her finisher was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then, Jesus. right, <laughs> uh, well. All of these things, you go back into the archives of the Stardom cast, these are all things I've said. Um, but something clicked with her, whether it was the change to Donna Del Mondo or whether it was the start of the qualifying for the ta- for the five-star and her five-star run. Suddenly, not only did she progress, but she progressed at such a phenomenal rate um, and she's certainly not the finished package by any stretch of the imagination, but I think I'd be remiss to not mention how much she's improved. Um, so excellent to May Sakurai, but my most improved wrestler is is Mina Shirakawa. For someone who was literally in the 2020 Goddess of Stardom Tag League, was literally named after her boobs, um, and it was sort of seen as a one-dimensional thing to come into 2022 and be seen as a legitimate threat, have the five-star that she did, to then have, you know, so many people suddenly thinking that she should be the next white belt champion. 
If you'd have said that at the start at the end of 2020, people would have laughed in your face. Yet here we are, and Mina Shirakawa has got her own mini faction in Club Venus, and suddenly she feels like an absolute rock star. So, yeah, hands down, this was a slam dunk for me. And it was for the rest of the voters as well, because in third place, Lady C with 7.4% of the vote, which I was quite All happy, right. I was quite happy right. to see that. Um, second, and deservedly so, May Sakurai in, with 13.2%. And then running away with it with 42.6% of the vote. Nearly half the votes was Mina Shirakawa. Completely unsurprising. She had a fantastic year, and 2023 is shaping up to be an even bigger year for the Venus, so I'm very intrigued to see what 2023 holds for Shirakawa. Last three, last four, in fact. I thought we had three. We've got four more categories. No, we haven't. We've got three. Can't count. It's nearly midnight here in Britain. Um, Feud of the Year 2022. Now, I would just like to make a special mention um, that Mayu Iwatani versus Ryogoku Kokugikan <laughs> got 11.8% of the vote, and I've never been happier. Yeah, that would seem like it would be pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. That's good for you people. <laughs> At one point, when I first opened the vote, that was winning, and I'm so upset <laughs> it didn't win. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, what is your, what was your feud of the year this year? When it comes to your feuds of the year, and I get it, like you know, you have those blood feuds. Like ECW did such a great job with like Raven Salmon, Raven Dreamer. My favorite feuds are actually rivalries, like you know, Steamboat Flair. Like um, it's just who's better. Tanahashi Okada, who's better? Misawa Kawada, who's better? So to me, it wasn't like an actual, maybe a little bit of a feud, heated feud, but it was just who is actually better. And really, we never got the answer because I have Shuri versus Julia. And the reason why we didn't get that answer because they had two singles matches and it's 1-1, which means hopefully somewhere in 2023, we have the rubber match. But I had Shuri and Julia because their first match, I had four and three fourth stars. Second match, I had five and a half stars. So if you do the math, um, it's over five stars between the two. So that was my feud of the year, Shuri versus Julia. I can't imagine you're the only person that's had that thought, Matt, to be perfectly honest. Myself, it was Nats Puy and Tam. Um, to go from the heated rivalry that they had inside that cage to where they are now in Meltier, and the difference in especially Natsupoi, I think, has been tremendous. And that entire arc has been inc- incredibly fun to follow. So I'm going to go with that. Both of, both of our votes have featured in the top three. So as I mentioned, Mayu versus uh, Ryogoku Kakugikan did not feature in the top three, which is <laughs> cr- criminal. Be better, people. Um <laughs> In third place was Suzu Suzuki versus Julia with 20.6% of the vote. Um, Just ahead of it was Julia versus Suri. And then number one with 32.4% of the vote was Tam Nakano versus Natsupoi. So again, a really, really, really close run thing. Moment of the year now. And... This, I thought, would be a slam dunk, Matt, and it turns out not so much. But what was your moment of the year? Rob, I don't have uh, everything in front of me, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the one that has Julia winning the belt and Kyrie's return as two options? It is indeed. 
because the reason why I'm said that is because as I was, I kind of knew what I was going to, what I was going to vote when everything came up. I kind of already had an idea. The only two one I paused that was the one that we just talked about. I wasn't sure if I was going to do Tam versus Natsapoy or versus or Julia versus Sherry. I explained why I had Julia versus Sherry. And this one, I was going back and forth because the, out of all these moments that, that you listed, all were great, but only two of them had me in legit tears. Obviously, we talked about it when we did our Dream Queen review, where I literally stood up in my living room at like 7.30 in the morning after being up for six hours watching the show as when Julia won the belt, um, literally giving a standing ovation with tears in my eyes. But for me, just slightly beating it, is the return of Kyrie. And when we talked about it on this podcast, when she returned back in the spring of last year, I knew they were doing a press conference. I didn't know what the press conference was about. I, as, as I talked about all the time on the show, I do my workouts early in the morning. It's like four quarter after four in the morning. I'm getting my stuff ready, my water ready, whatever my pre-workout. I'm like, well, you know, let me just see what's going on Twitter. And then the video showed up and I'm literally in my kitchen at quarter after four in the morning, crying i think the exact words i use on this podcast many months ago is i'm going to be a 40 year old man in a few months and i'm in my kitchen in nowhere pennsylvania drinking pre-workout crying because a 110 pound japanese woman who dresses like a pirate returned to her home <laughs> promotion that sounds silly but that's literally i was going back and forth and i was like that's what i have to go with that's what i have to go and i think this Kyrie, her run has been absolutely fantastic, especially these last two or three months. I think she just emits uh, so much emotion towards stardom and her, you know, the passion she has for her matches and just, just what she's been able to help the company do these last nine or 10 months. So I was literally going back and forth, splitting hairs, but that's what I went with. I went with Kyrie's return. I agree with you. Now, the only thing that I thought with this was if you're a newer fan of stardom and don't quite know of the legacy that Kyrie left when she left for WWE, the return might not have hit as much as it did with the more the more experienced fan, the fan that's been there for longer. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, something from this year, for example, uh, Julia winning the belt, for example, would beat it out. Um, for me, it's got to be Kyrie's return simply because I didn't think it would ever happen. Um, and, you know, it does make you think, oh, my God, maybe Neo Shirai uh, return uh-huh. will happen. But it won't. It won't, Matt. Sorry. Um, oh, we, we had text conversation about this yesterday. But this is another story for another day. <laughs> Um, Nat's point turning on DDM was our third choice in 20.6% of the vote. In second place was Kyrie returning to Stardom with 23.5%. And then at number one, Julia winning the World of Stardom Championship, 29.4% of the vote. Again, it's newer, it's rawer, and again, newer fans aren't going to understand the legacy that Kyrie has left potentially which is why Julia winning the World of Stardom Championship has beaten it. However, also by that token, Julia winning the World of Stardom Championship was an outstanding moment following an outstanding match. I have no issue with that being number one. No, no, no. Like I said, I was literally scrolling. I I had my, I think I clicked the Kyrie one. I clicked the Julia. I just kept going back and forth. And I was like, these two moments made me cry tears of joy. But one made me do it at like four o'clock in the morning. The other one was seven thirty. So I, I don't know what the difference with that was. But again, it, it it you really could have flipped the coin. It could have went either way. Yeah, absolutely. 
And finally, our faction of the year, as I mentioned, Donna Del Mondo have had something of an anaconda lock on this award category for the last two years. Will it be broken here? Matt, who has been your faction of 2022? Rob Good, my good friend, you literally, this is how good stardom is. You can literally make a case for every one of these factions. God's eye, even though they've only been there eight months. Donald Del Mundo, for obvious reasons. Cosmic Angels, for the whole not support turn and Tam's running the five star. You can make that uh, argument there. For what Oedo Tai has been able to do, you know, over the last month, how they are last month, the last year, turning things around, you know, with Momo and Starlight Kid just being main eventers and Tora coming back and Saki Kashima playing just a great role in that uh, Artist of Stardom championship run. But, I mean, literally, you can make an argument for every single faction. It's crazy. But for me, to the surprise of no one, bow down to the Queens. Mm-hmm. Sai Kamatani, the wrestler of the year, Azumi, may go down in history as the greatest high-speed champion Yutami, who's the only champion, only person in this group that's not the champion. Oh, by the way, she had a phenomenal year. Some of the best matches of the year involved Yutami. She's the leader of this faction. And Lady C's improved so much. The little bit that we saw from Hina, um, she was really, really good. And Miyu Amasaki's starting to do really uh, doing some improving, you know, the last few months of the year. But to me, Queen's Quest, bow down to the Queen's. Yeah, that surprises absolutely no one, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will I'll echo what Matt said then about how you you have a case for every faction in the fact that this is the first time where we've actually had a vote or more for every single faction. So it does go to show how every faction has improved. I think stars have done tremendously well. Their interfaction matches are above, are you know around the best that stardom do. Um I think Donna Del Mondo, there's been a huge reshuffle in, in Donna Del Mondo with obviously the break off of God's Eye, the introduction of Tekla and May Sakurai, Natsupoy leaving to join Cosmic Angels. It's been something of a tumultuous year for Donna Del Mondo, but I still think they've had a really, really good year. Cosmic Angels, however, for me, this has been their year, which is bizarre when you think that Yunagi's left, Mina Shirakawa is on the precipice of leaving. They've absorbed colours, Natsupoy's come in. Um, Wakasuki Armour is on the verge of leaving potentially so it's been a tumultuous year for them as well but they've been at the centre of absolutely everything it's felt this year whether that is Tam in high profile matches or whether that is Pink Buki going for titles or whether that's the whole Natsupoi storyline or whatever it is Cosmic Angels seem to be at the centre of it and I've really, really, really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure about the faction when they first started. I like my opinions on Yunagi's push and <sighs> horrible to say, but I didn't really see much in Mina either. Um, I let that colour my opinion of the Cosmic Angels. However, they've proved me wrong, which I'm really glad about. Overall, I think they're my faction of the year. Um, in third place, you have voted Donna Del Mondo. Well, you've got new winners, Matt. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. One and two on mine and yours. In second place. Oh, go ahead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> with fourteen point seven percent of the vote, it's Queen's Quest, which means that uh, in number one with twenty nine point four percent of the vote, 
is Cosmic Angels. It was a real runaway in the end because I really did not think that Cosmic Angels would win by that much. There was a huge, huge, like a 15% swing. But even so, Cosmic Angels are your faction of the year 2022. Again, to everyone that voted, we can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for interacting with us. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, Matt, we've reached the end of the podcast and lo and behold, we've gone two hours. So we should probably start saying our goodbyes. Absolutely, sir. Yes. And my wife just texted me. She's like, I'm leaving because she's going to my nephew's basketball game. Dinner is in the oven. So, all right. Yeah. Might be time to wrap, wrap this baby up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for sticking with us and for listening to us. We massively, massively appreciate it wherever you are. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Share the podcast. We'd love it if you left us a comment or a rating. It properly helps the podcast out. We cannot stress enough how much that helps us out. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Thank you to everyone over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast, including our brand new patrons, Chris Bruce and Chris Miller as well. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Red Belt tier. Um, if you want to check out all of our extra podcasts and everything that we do, go and check out patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. If you miss any episodes or anything like that, you can always go to the stardomcast.com where we've got everything from championship histories, in-depth match guide, um, an introduction, how to watch, all those good things, tournament results, all of those things you can find at the stardomcast.com. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at Real Rob Goodwin. You can find the podcast on all social media at The Stardom Cast. Uh, Matt, where can they find you and send us home, good sir? Before I tell you, I completely forgot with everything going on in this podcast. Uh, keep your eyes peeled because there's going to be another new Stardom Cast logo probably coming up in the next week or two. Um, yeah, so get excited. Another variant logo. So. Uh, everyone keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter and or the Instagram, Matt Turner OF. If you do not want to use social media to get a hold of me, that's not a problem at all. Uh, the StardomCast22 at gmail.com is the other best way to get a hold of me. Again, folks, thank you so much for all the support. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Please help us continue to grow the podcast because Rob and I need an excuse to drop more bonus content on the Patreon and watch more wrestling. Uh, and, and, and apparently all Japan wrestling from the nineties as well. So uh, yeah, just keep, keep help supporting and growing the show. It means the world to us. Cause like I always say, folks, just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.